I'm Lori Alvarez, and I welcome you to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. This is where I will share my story, knowledge, wisdom, and the legacy in real estate, and my family, all boldly wrapped up in one with you. So let's get started. Well, we're back, sister. Hey, we have an awesome guest on today, right? I know. Awesome. We're so excited. We have Stephen Thomas on, who has a ton of real estate knowledge about what the real estate market's doing. Steven, can you please just introduce yourself and tell everyone how brilliant you are? Because it's amazing to me how much you understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Stephen Thomas with Reports on Housing. I do uh, Southern, uh, Southern California housing reports. I have five of them for uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, Orange County, San Bernardino, and Riverside. And we're looking to expand Bay Area, uh, Vegas and Phoenix next. And I just bring uh, housing analytics. I try to m- make as much sense of it as possible, put it in layman's terms so that people can make sound decisions, buyers and sellers. That's really what yeah. it's about. We connected, Stephen and I connected at a great event. He was there speaking, sharing what was happening with the real estate forecast for 2022. Uh, And I was just so impressed with the knowledge and all the information you shared. I also subscribed to it and said, oh my gosh, I have to have all this information to share with our clients and helping them make great decisions also. I mean, you just pulled like so much together. So Steven, I want to start here. Um, We had a client the other day who texted and he's like, Lori, do you have all of what's happening with foreclosures? Do you have early access to the foreclosures? And I'm going to be honest, we've had a couple of clients who seem to be reaching out about their concerns for foreclosures. So let's start there with the real estate forecast for 2022 and foreclosures, Steven. What What are you seeing? Yeah, so we're going to go from zero foreclosures and short sales to maybe 50 or 100 in the marketplace, that type of thing. So the the headlines will sound sensational. It sounds like it'll sound like three times as many as last year, but three times, 300% rise is still puts us back to like 2017, 2018 levels of short sales and foreclosures. And anybody that was looking for a short sale or foreclosure back then, you were hard-pressed to find anything, and you're hard-pressed to find anything now. And to sit there and wait for something to come on is just an exercise in futility. It's just not going to happen. The, the, the problem comes from forbearance. Everybody thinks that uh, everybody's in forbearance. What they don't understand is now we're down to 1.1 million people in forbearance. That is it. And 28% of all people prior to the Great Recession or during the Great Recession, 28% right when we started it. 28% of everybody in the uh, when we started the Great Recession was had negative equity, means meaning that they had 0% equity or less. Uh, now it's down to 1.1 million people who are in forbearance, yet 93% of those 1.1 uh, million people have at least 10% equity, which means what? Yes. They can sell their house if yes. they need to. Yes. So, and some of them go down the route, unfortunately. So keep track of these people when they become a foreclosure or, or they, they go into uh, a, a notice of default. Check to see if they have equity. A lot of these people will have equity. You can contact them 
and actually sell their house and they still profit and they get a check at the end of the day. Those will be really easy homeowners to, to find when they have those in, in initial NODs. That's my recommendation uh, is, is to track those kind of people. Those are, that's going to be your giant wave because there's yeah. going to be very few uh, foreclosures yeah. and short sales. I appreciate that because I was talking to my short sale negotiator because I came into the business right before the Great Recession, right before. So I came in like right around 2006, got a little bit of like, oh, this is an amazing market to, woo, here we go. And I had to figure out how to do short sales. And I knocked them out. I figured them out. And I had an amazing short sale negotiator. And I just spoke with her the other day. And I said, hey, Dorothy. What do you see? And you see any short sales yet? And she said, oh, yeah, just a couple the other day. She took a couple listings because the seconds are the ones that are like, oh, Mr. Homeowner, you have equity. I'm going to go in and get your equity and get paid back on my second. Right. I mean, that's where we're going to see a little bit of that. Yeah, you're going to see a little bit of an increase of the people that are still in a in dire straits and, and they'll need to sell. It won't be that you, you have to understand that right now they actually turned the uh, notice of defaults and the foreclosure engine back on. So okay. we went from from very, very few and nothing really happening to a few going on because you, you still have to understand there was uh, there was six million people have come out of for, forbearance so far. Six million. Mm-hmm. And out of the six million, there's like two hundred and twenty-two thousand that are no longer negotiating anything, and they're they're still uh, they're they're still in default, which means they're most likely to become a foreclosure short sale. And we're not talking like two hundred twenty-two thousand. I'm talking about two hundred twenty-two thousand across the United States. Yeah. So wow. because you do more volume, you're going to see a few more of those in your marketplace, but it's still it's not going to be anything like what anybody uh, expected. The only people that I'm hearing that there's going to be a big wave from in the real estate industry industry are the people that did uh, foreclosures or short sales or worked with asset management companies because they're hearing things. But I've always heard about people that are hearing things and I'm looking at the data. Data doesn't support what they're hearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I did do a search on the MLS for all foreclosures and notice of defaults in the entire MLS. And there was, I think when I did this, this was like three weeks ago, I think it came up with a total of 200 maybe 300 properties total of the entire mls right i just checked and i was like of the entire mls that's like a half a percent not even that a quarter of a percent so it's just crazy what people's beliefs are because they hear on the news just like you said the sensational headlines right the sensational headlines (laughs) And, it, so, and it's a storyline that sells. So that headline sells. If I said, aren't going to be any foreclosures next year, no one's clicking on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh darn it. We want those clicks. <laughs> so, so let's get into that. Here's the truth. What are you seeing for 2022 for, uh, let's call it LA County, Orange County, Inland Empire, kind of those areas. Right. What are you seeing, San Bernardino? Uh, So unfortunately, uh, San Bernardino is is one of those markets where we're not going to come all the way down to uh, where we started this year. But for most counties like uh, L.A., Orange County, San Diego County, uh, definitely starting off the year less than the number of homes that we started off this year. And this year was really, really low. 
and and uh, it was an all-time low number of homes available. I call it a supply crisis, and the supply crisis is growing worse because we're we've all markets have peaked except for Riverside County. They peak late for their because of the uh, low desert. Everybody thinks they need to place their home homes on the market in November and December, and they're wrong. But anyways, <laughs> so their inventory rises during this time period, and it finally peaks right at Thanksgiving. But uh, what we're going to do from here, all inventories are coming down because we've already peaked and it's going to hit a, another uh, another all time low since I started tracking it way back when. So uh, it's it's just not enough homes in the market. It's a total supply crisis. It's the opposite of the Great Recession that everybody compares today to is this great recession great recession or prior to it you got in in 2006 let me tell you that was the fall of 2005 is when i started to see the inventory rise and we had a supply glut too yeah, many homes yeah. on the market in 06 07 and 08 so i, I remember 2011 san dimas had a total of san dimas is obviously where we specifically live um san dimas had a total of 111 houses on the market in 2011 Today, I checked, we have 26. Yeah. <laughs> 26. <laughs> nothing. I'm in a starve in San Dimas. Yeah, and I'll bet you that in 2007, at the height of it, it was probably close to 180 homes on the market. Oh, remember, like, remember then that was when there was, a, there was a listing on every single street or two on every yeah. single street. Yeah. And now I you're hard to find one in the neighborhood. Yes, because in 2006, I was brand new, so I didn't know that I should track numbers. I had no clue. I was just like, <laughs> I got a license, sign here. I got a license, sign here. And then in 2000, probably 2010, I got a business coach who said, you should really understand what's happening with our inventory. And I was like, oh, okay. And so ever since then, I've been learning and that's when I met, when I heard your presentation, I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to take me to another level because you have such an understanding of not only just the real estate market, but the whole economy in general, bringing it all together. So it makes great sense. So what I want to go back to, um, cause we do have Riverside County buyers and the Inland Empire buyers. Why is their market so different over there? Ah, Riverside County. And San Bernardino County, uh, San Bernardino County peaked late in September. That's a little later than normal. There are markets across the U.S. that peak in September versus August. Typically, they it's peaks between July and August prior to the kids going back to school. The reason it peaks is because as soon as the kids go back to school, which is end of August, that's when families don't like to make a move. But for some reason, in some of these markets, it's like they some people are just they're so excited about how great they've heard the real estate market is, uh, has been that they continue to place their homes in the market all the way through September. But uh, we're we peaked pretty much everywhere, like I said, except for Riverside County. Riverside County marches to the beat of its own drum, and that's because of uh, <laughs> seriously the Palm Palm Springs Palm Desert that that whole area out there. They uh, think that because they're snowbirds that, that, that they should place their homes on the market later in the year. So they, their inventory actually builds right now. And then it, it falls during after Thanksgiving and then starts to build again. And their, their peak every year is in February, which is not normal for the inventory. And then they have a second peak at Thanksgiving. All See, because I love snowbirds. that, that you can get so specific to our local, because I mean, everyone just listens to the news. And that's like a general 
statement of our worldwide real estate market, not right. <laughs> specific to the counties that we're serving. So, um, Stephen, one of your one of your articles that I read and watched on your YouTube video, right, was the one where you said buyers need to jump back in the market, right? They're getting they're on the rings. I'm a boxer, so I love that. Yeah. So when I saw that graphic, I was like, "Good job! I love that." Yeah. Uh, and my sister, being the buyer's agent on the team, <clears throat> why why do our buyers need to get back out there? What's going on there? Well, we have which way are interest rates headed? If you're dealing with buyers, you know which way interest rates are headed right now. Yeah, we're making yeah. our way towards three and a quarter percent, and we were we were hovering right around two point eight six percent. That's the national uh, uh, numbers uh, when they do a, a a survey. Freddie Mac does one every single week. It comes out on Thursdays, and now that the latest one is at three point zero nine percent. I think the next one's going to be even higher. I've been looking around at interest rates and they're about uh, between three and an eighth and three and a quarter. And we're watching that continue to go up. I like that because we need to slow down appreciation. So they want everything to slow down, not be as many uh, buyers uh, opting to purchase the same home that they're trying to purchase, right? So they don't want to bump into each other. So they're they're rooting for the market to slow down. Well, the only thing that's going to make the market slow down is what? Higher interest rates. That's really what the problem is. So they're going to get what they want but they're gonna be paying a higher interest rate of three and a half percent sometime next year. So you do the math and we're also gonna get, uh, because I told you that the uh, that with the supply crisis, we're gonna start off with very few homes in the market. Remember what happens every single year? Everybody says the same thing around February. Oh my gosh, Super Bowl, this is the best time to come on the market. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's still the dead of winter. I know in, it's hard to imagine that here in Southern California because all of our weather is the same, but it's still the dead of winter and families don't like to move and place their home on the market in February. They wanna place their home on the market in May. The peak month for the number of homes coming on market is May. It's wrapped around March, April, May, June. Those are the, those are the uh, but May is the peak number. So March, the end of March, that's the beginning of spring and then April and May. And you get all these people that are that are coming coming on the market all at the uh, at, at at the same time. That's when they want to place their 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 home on the market is then not during the the dead of dead of winter. Yes, it it is really true. I mean, I met with a family last night, and they were like, "Oh, well, you know, we're thinking we'd put it on the market near the months you were talking about." And I was like, "Why?" Why, why when everyone's going to be on the market at that time and push your price point down, yeah. you know? So, so I mean, no, but the buyers, they're, they're going to be coming into the market then and yes. uh, right after January, right after January and when everybody's so busy and all that stuff. So what that's going to do, is going to continue to push prices up because there's not going to be enough inventory still because we're driving down the interest rate because the inventory and demand plunge during the holidays from the middle of November, one week prior to Thanksgiving, all the way to the end of the year. So we're going to start off very few homes in the market, but demand will start to come up before the inventory comes up. So we're going to get this run up in values for the first few months, several months. So that's where yeah. we're going to get appreciation. So if you do this for buyers, you say, look, I know it's a three and a quarter now, but it's probably going to be at three and a half mid next year and values will be up another 8%. So mm-hmm. you do the math on that. Buy now. That's a lot of money. Yes. That's a lot of money. 
Oh, you know, it, well, so to add to that, we had a buyer text us back the other day. We were talking to him, a prospective buyer, and they're like, oh, no, um, it's just so expensive to buy a house right now. And I said, have you looked at what rents are? They're higher, in my opinion, than mortgages. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. And and so, I mean, I, I said, would you please come in and sit down with us so we could give you a great buyer's consultation and share with you truly where the numbers are going so that you can make a wise decision with your money. Uh, and they just were like, oh, no, prices are too high. And I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, what are rents these days? Going up like like uh, they're skyrocketing up because there's a delay in when rents rise. Rents are rising. I don't know if you've done it, but I've looked at na- neighborhoods that are around me that I know what their rents were prior and look yeah. at their rents now. You look at it and you go, holy spokes. And there was a delay to rents even starting to rise. That's always happened. So we have appreciation and values and it pulls up rents. And that means that there's still more legs for rents to continue to rise. So, and we're seeing it across the board everywhere. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it in your backyard. I've seen it in my backyard yeah. and uh, we're seeing it everywhere. Yeah, I mean, literally I just rented the house down the street for one of my clients that is down the street from my personal residence. And I was like, they got that much? Uh, yeah. I'm at my house up for rent <laughs> because I know I'm going to get like $1,000 more a month than what I actually pay on a mortgage. Right. I don't know where I'm going to live. But <laughs> Where's the rub? <laughs> <laughs> Little tiny apartment. That's the rub. <laughs> I mean, it truly is. Rents are just uh, unbelievable yeah, right crazy. now that it just doesn't even make great sense to rent and you have all these sellers right now that have this mindset like i'm going to sell my house and go rent what are your thoughts on that Stephen? uh it saddens me (laughs) i don't know what they're waiting for you make your money do something everybody's talking about inflation the best inflation against uh the, the best hedge against inflation is real estate Yes. should really have your 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 money in something like real estate because if you have your if you sell and you keep your money your and your money is doing nothing your money is actually weakening over time because of uh, this potential inflation that everybody's talking about so that's not that's not a smart move the the smartest move is if you move then 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 put your put your money to work someplace else and if you don't have the expertise in something else. That's where why you stick it in real estate because that's the smartest long-term investment you can make. Yeah, my my CPA has told me over and over again, forget this business about a device diversified uh, market, Lori, and diversified investments. He's all you understand and know real estate. Invest in real estate; it's your baby. Yeah, and I'm like, that. <laughs> thank you. I love you. I'm just gonna do that because I don't want to understand stocks and bonds. It's just so much more. So what, I mean, truly, honestly, Stephen, I'm, I know that I believe in the real estate market. I just closed on a property in January in Claremont. Uh, I bought it for 415000 I only had to overbid by 888 bucks to get it because no one's paying attention in January, right? So mm-hmm. I got the opportunity because I was paying attention. Yeah. And today that same property is now worth about five ten, five fifteen. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and I'm just running it out. I said it's crazy. It has it, been. It's just been a crazy market. 
And so we're just going to continue to see a bit of that because of the depressed inventory that we have, our housing crisis, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be, it's the definitely an inventory crisis. We're going to see this inventory crisis for a while. We're going to get more homes next year than we had this year, but this year was abysmal in that department. So any improvement is the right improvement, but uh it just doesn't mean that we're going to these a lot of people are hoping for a buyer's market it's not going to happen uh, anytime uh, soon like i said prior to the great recession i start, started to see it in the numbers in the fall of 2005 i was talking about it then i don't see anything in the numbers right now so if i did i'd let you know but not seeing anything that that means that this market is shifting in any direction anytime soon other than continuing to go the direction that it has yes we'll slow down a little bit right now but that's called Thanksgiving, you know, the holiday market that's coming or what we're dealing with right now, the, this is the, uh, the autumn market. So that's a natural slowdown and evolution in, in our, in our real estate market. We have seasons, a seasonality to our marketplace. And that is spring is the best, then summer, then autumn, then holidays. And then we have winter and yeah. winter is next. And that's where we say, Hey, homeowners come on the market. doesn't happen. <laughs> No, no matter how hard we work at it, we're like, oh, come on. It's only the serious buyers that come on the market at that time because they've got a job relocation or something of that sort. Yeah. They have to adjust it. So sure. they move on to market. So uh, what else would you recommend or share with our audience for the real estate forecast for 2022? I mean, because we just keep hearing like, oh, it's going to crash. It's going to crash. And I'm looking around like, how can it crash? We don't have any houses. Like it doesn't even like, it's not even a common sense thing. So well, go ahead. Yeah. You need inventory. And yeah. we just said, we're not going to get inventory. We had an inventory glut prior and we had bad loans that were done. Everybody nowadays has these great loans, with big down payments. They, uh, you know, they, they've gone above the asking price, but if the appraisal doesn't come in, they have mom and dad and somebody else in a lot of cases that have been helping out, chipping in, ask any lender. There's so much chipping in, helping out that's been happening, which has just allowed them to purchase, which has enabled everybody to maintain their equity. There's so much tappable equity out there. That means there's $9.3 trillion more tappable, tappable equity than ever before. What that is, is if you tap your equity, you still have 20% equity when you're done. There's $9.3 trillion of tappable equity and they still have 20%. That's a lot of equity out there. So we're dealing with that. People are buying houses with great, great, strong, strong credit, way better than prior to the Great Recession. If you were a dog or if you were dead, you could get a you could get a loan. Now you can't. You know, the, the differences are 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 great and and it, it's it's just such a stark different difference comparing prior to the great recession to where we are today that there's just going to be a slow evolution to a change because we can't continue to go up uh, at a great speed and yes it will slow down as interest rates rise to that three and a half they could get as high as three and three quarters percent and if they do then great it slows it slows it down it makes your job as a buyer's agent easier and working with buyers better that's really what, it, that's what buyers want. However, it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but at least we won't get this giant appreciation where everybody has this FOMO, this fear of missing out. We need everybody to be able to purchase and for values not to continue to run away. That would yeah. be ridiculous. So that's what I'm rooting for is higher rates and things to slow down. I think we're going to get higher rates. We're going to get a 
sales that are a little bit less than than this year. But this year, in many markets, it's the highest sales uh, for at least for Orange County and and Los Angeles, highest sales since 2005. In San Diego, highest since 2016. San Bernardino, not as 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 great because there aren't that many homeowners that are coming on the market. So it's the highest since 2017. But it just has to do with the number of homes that are coming on the market for San Bernardino. If we placed them on the market, we would have placed them in escrow and had closed sales. So we would have had high closed sales there as well. So it's just going to be a little bit of a muting effect next year, but it'll still be good. It's just not going to be screaming upwards. So that's kind of what we're seeing right now in looking at the crystal ball. Oh, yeah. To add to that, Cristobal. So what I'm hearing is like we should just be doing little celebratory videos for our buyers as the interest rates go up. Yay, the interest rate went up. That means you'll be able to buy soon. Yeah, it'll cost you more money, but you'll be able to buy soon. <laughs> so really, it's the people that have been involved in the market for quite some time and have seen the, the interest rates at 2.88% know what that is. And then looking at 3.5%, some of those buyers will, will just completely walk the other direction and go rent. Yeah. Because they'll be discouraged. The rest of the people that are entering the marketplace at three and a half percent, those are the people that will close and will be plenty of them out there because there's a big demographic patch of first time home buyers. They've been waiting to purchase. They've been up against other people with a lot of cash. Those are the 32 year olds. It's the prime first time home buyer age is 32. And it's the strongest number of 32 year olds ever in the history started last oh. year, this year's year or two, and it goes for the next three years. So, yeah, that's the one thing I keep get, I hearing. I keep hearing over and over again, who's buying right now. So yeah, how can these millennials have money? <laughs> I thought they were all strapped with college debt. <laughs> that was the story. It's just, it's crazy to me. Like they keep saying that who's buying right now, who can buy right now? Prices are so high. And I'm like, well, it's happening. And we're yeah. seeing all kinds of age. I mean, we just sold a house to a 25 year old. He got qualified and he did it and we got him in and we were so excited for him. Yeah. Like I, our buyer demographic is all over the place. Yeah. Sure. So, so who do you say specifically is it going to be the 32 year olds for the next year or so that yeah in several years that's a strong demographic patch there's also the people that that have been sitting on the sidelines want to sell their house and go buy something new but they they were just too afraid of there's nothing on the market where am i going to go so right. now that there'll be more inventory they can trade their their equity in one house and place it in the equity of another house it's what i call monopoly money because yeah. people are going how can they afford these houses well they're They've got all this equity, they put it down on the next house, and then their loan increases from here to here because they got bought a bigger house. That's what this trading up of equity is all about. And it's kind of like monopoly money because uh, people go, I can't afford that. And then they can't do the math. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with you because that's what we did when we bought. We bought our first house right. in, I think, 2000. Uh, oh, when, no. when did I buy my first house? Like 96, 96. 96 I bought my first house and literally one year later, I bought my next house yeah. and literally one more year later, I bought my next house. <laughs> right. And I just kept adding the 20% down and the 20% down. And then my husband said, when we bought this one, we're not moving anymore. No, yeah. he, he wanted to do exactly what I told you people do. Right. That was uh, 96, 98, uh, like two, 
thousand, I want to say right around there. Anyways, he wanted to do what, what I told you. He wanted to go rent and wait for the market to crash. I said, no, we're not going anywhere. Like we're going to buy this house and just hang out and watch and wait. And now it's worth um, way more than we ever paid for it. So, you know, he's thankful he's got a great realtor to direct him and what he should do with his investments. (laughs) Hey, hey, hubby, you stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. You keep installing elevators. I'll take care of the real estate. (laughs) Stephen, what else would you like to offer to the audience? Who's really like, it's our audience. It's just they're current homeowners and they're buyers and they're sellers. And they're just kind of like, they're processing. When should I do this? What, what would be your words of wisdom to that? It's when it's best for your family. That's really what it ultimately comes down to. Because really, it becomes a family decision, a family uh, a, a family choice. And you, you've got to do your budget. If you're a buyer or you're doing anything, if you're going to sell and you're going to buy or do whatever, you, you go buy your family budget, whatever you're comfortable with. And now we have people with good credit and they've been working on their credit and credit's uh, gotten a lot better, a lot stronger. So as a result, people are doing their homework. If anything, we learned from the Great Recession, it's do your homework, uh, get all the facts, make a proper decision, deal with your budget. Your house is not necessarily just an investment, it's home. So let's look at it as a home and and uh, make really sound decisions based upon that and when it, it makes sense for your family. Because when it makes sense for your family, just do it. Know that long term, uh, even if uh, values go down in a year and a half from now, the 10 percent or something like that, who cares? The long run of things, values go up, period. They, I could show you from the beginning of time. It's like this. You, you People focus on the tiny little uh, rises and drops. But if you look at over time, there's a trend line. That's what I do. I do trend lines. The trend is up. Yes. So know that you're 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 making a wise decision by purchasing and and doing something in real estate and holding. Just like what you said, what your husband said. Oh, we should sell. Exactly how they can time the market, I don't know. They would really have to be inside of my office to understand that. But uh, <laughs> it's, unless they're a housing analyst, they shouldn't be saying that outside out loud. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a, it's all I keep saying over and over again is to set schedule a consultation. We can help you see if it's the right time for your family to make that move because it, it truly is a family decision and it comes down to personal circumstances. Sure. Steven, thank you so much. You're amazing. Please tell everyone where they can follow you, find you, how they can get access to any of your information all of that good stuff. Please share it with the world. Yes, it's uh, reportsonhousing.com. You can even put reportsonhousing.com or reportsonhousing.com and you get to my website. All of our, a lot of YouTube videos are are posted there as well. YouTube, Facebook, it's also reports on housing. So we're extremely easy to find. And I go live every Friday at three o'clock talking about some nuance of the real estate market trying to dispel all the myths and junk that's out there, all the negative noise and misinformation by bringing truth. And, and so people could make proper, uh, you know, set proper expectations for buyers and sellers and everybody out there so that they can make sound decisions for their families. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast because you are elevating the real estate market to another level and it's the truth of what's happening 
and I, I, f- I feel as if the news distorts it greatly, yeah. especially here in LA. And I don't know, all these people aren't leaving LA like they say. Yeah, they're leaving, but it's not as many as everyone says, right, Steve? I'll leave you on that though, because here's the thing. Uh, they, uh, UC did a big study and what they found is, yeah, there are more people leaving. It has nothing to do with COVID. It's just a slight rise. So there's been this trend line of more people leaving. And the trend is fewer people coming in. So the net will be right around zero for California. But the reason that it's such a big story is because everybody thinks that people leave because on our Facebook, all of a sudden we see somebody's in uh, South Carolina or they're in Idaho or they're in Montana or Nashville, Tennessee or Texas. Because when they leave, they let everybody in Facebook know that they left. So the impression is you're getting, everybody's leaving, nobody's coming because all the people that are coming to California, you're not friends with them yet. So you don't know that they came, I've arrived. You don't get those. True. Every day I'm gonna get up on my Facebook and I'm gonna say, I arrived in California again. (laughs) We are still here. We are still here. We really appreciate you, Stevis. Thank, Thank you so, you so much, much for your time. You're amazing. Keep sharing your information forward and we'll keep being subscribed to you as well. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank, Thank you. you for having you me. You too. I'm Lori Alvarez and you've been listening to Real Estate with Soul, the podcast. You can follow me and check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LoriAlvarez.net. And if you haven't clicked on that subscribe button, hit it now and let's boldly do life together.